was 21, um, I finished university and I went traveling. And I ended up, um, I was traveling around the world and I ended up um, in a conference in Sydney, which is quite bizarre, but I ended up in a conference in Sydney. It was a Christian conference um, and where I gave my life um, to Jesus, I encountered um, the Holy Spirit in a really profound way and it radically changed my life. Um, I woke up the next day and everything had changed. I saw the world completely different. Um, My desires changed. It just completely um, changed me. And the one thing that I was really aware of was I began to hear God speaking to me. Um, And I woke up that next day and I felt like God say to me, um, in a sort of um, just coming into my mind, I felt like him say, you need to begin to make your way home. And I had never experienced God speaking to me before, and I was kind of slightly shocked by it, and I was um, really excited that um, maybe God was speaking to me. Anyway, I progressed on my day, and, uh, and somebody who was leading the conference came up to me as well and said, um, this is so weird, but you were on my mind as I woke up this morning, and I felt like God was saying, um, you need to make your way home. Now, I was so excited, and I was like, oh my gosh, I felt like that too, that's amazing, um, that God actually wants to speak. And, uh, and in my um, naivety, I actually thought that God spoke, um, someone told me that God speaks in threes, um, and so I was like, okay, I've got two things, I need God to speak one more time. Um, and so I um, opened the Bible and did some Bible roulette, uh, which is, you know, what, not something I would tell other people to do, but I did um, in God's grace. And I opened up the Bible and the first thing on the page was, come my people, go home. Um, and so I was like, all right, I guess I should uh, make my way home. Um, and I was amazed by that. Um, But this was um, the moment um, where I met a God that wanted um, to communicate with me. He wanted to guide me. Um, He was a relational God, a God that cared about my life and wanted to be intimately involved. A God that loved me, and I instinctively knew in that moment um, that he had better ideas for my life than I did for myself. Now, we have been in a series uh, called Basics, and we're hoping to cover um, the fundamental concepts of Christianity. Um, In the last few weeks, we've had quite heavy theology. We've been talking about um, Jesus, uh, we're talking about why he died, we're talking about the resurrection, we talked about sin, we talked about the cross. Um, And the next few weeks, we're actually going to talk more about um, the experiential um, side of our faith. Um, So next week, Will's going to talk to us about um, the Bible and how do we read it and how do we begin to understand it. And we're going to talk about um, how do we pray, um, why do we pray. Joanne is going to talk to us about worship and why we worship. Yes, whoop. Um, And why we even sing. Um, And we're going to talk about the Holy Spirit and what that means. Um, So we're going to talk more of the experiential side of faith. But today, I'm going to spend my time talking about guidance. Um, How does God guide to us? How might um, he communicate with us? Um, And I want to suggest four foundations um, of guidance and how he might guide. Okay, are you with me? Are you up for that? Four foundations. Okay, number one, he wants to guide us. Number one, he wants to guide us. Um, in John 10, 3, it said, The watchman opens the gate for him, and they listen to his voice. He calls his sheep by name and leads them out. And then in John 10, 27 that we read, it says, My sheep hear my voice. I know them, and they follow. His desire is for everyone to communicate with him in some way. This is not for the elite, it's not for the super spiritual, it's not for the professional Christian, whether we've been a Christian for five minutes or 50 years, everyone. He wants to communicate with everyone. 
he is interested. It says, I know them. He calls his sheep by name. God knows everything about you, more than you know yourself. So we need to know we are communicating with a God that wants to communicate with us and knows better than we do ourselves. But like any relationship, we all communicate differently and it takes time um, to learn how. There is no one way. There is no one formula. Um, Are we willing... um, to allow him in to our decisions. Are we willing, as, as John read, are we willing to open the gate for him? Are we willing to let him in to our decisions? We have so many decisions to make every day, small ones, big ones. Um, we need wisdom all the time. We make decisions about parenting, our relationships, who to marry, our money, jobs, places to live, what schools to go to, what universities to study in. So many big decisions all the time. And then the small ones, how to spend my time, tricky conversations, how do we um, navigate that? We need wisdom at work. But you know, the good news is that we don't have to do it alone. We can ask for his help. He wants to guide us and he wants to be involved. When Johnny and I were um, deciding uh, what to do back in London, we came to a sort of uh, a crossroads situation and Johnny was um, chatting to somebody and, uh, and this guy said, it was actually in a very posh voice, um, but said to him, well, well, what does God think? He has a view. And I just thought that was a really good, I just thought it was a really good, you know, sort of pearl of wisdom. It's like God has a view. He has a view on all of your decisions. Um, and do we let him in and do we want to listen to it? So number two. So foundation one, he wants to guide us. Foundation two, he wants to guide us to become more like Jesus. Romans 8, 29, it says, For those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the likeness of his son, Jesus. I grew up in a Christian um, home, a Christian family, um, but when I was around 13, I wasn't um, actively following Jesus. I wasn't giving my um, all to Jesus. And my mom, you know, was, was very keen for me to become a Christian, was very um, wanting to um, take me to church. And one day I just said to him, I said, why Christianity? Why? Why do you want me to be a Christian so badly? Um, in a very um, teenagery way, I'm sure. Um, and she said to me, She said, because I know that a life dedicated to God is the most fulfilling life you will ever have, and I want that for you. And in that moment, in that teenage moment that just sunk in, that actually he wants um, the most fulfilling life. And and John, I've written Joe here, but it's actually John, because Joe's lost her voice. So I'm like, John, um, read this um, today as well. I have come that you might have life and have it to the full. And I think we can sometimes think that the most fulfilling life means getting everything we want, um, being perfectly happy all the time, um, being in amazing jobs and great um, relationships all the time. I just don't think it works like that. Um, However, I do believe that a foundation of guidance is trusting that God is ultimately in the process of making us more like Jesus. And who doesn't want to be more like Jesus? More kind, more loving, more gracious, more humble, more selfless, more humble, um, I've written that again, more wise. Jesus, however, didn't have it easy, as we learned last week. He was often um, guided by God to testing and trying situations. He had relationships that weren't easy. He was abused, he was assaulted, um, he was hated and criticized. And sometimes his guidance is confusing. 
but we can trust that when submitted to him, he is making us more like Jesus in the process. Johnny and I, um, as Johnny has said in many times, that we um, moved to America. And when we were about to move to America, uh, we were uh, fairly newly married. We'd been married a year. Um, and we were really excited to um, leave London, move to America. Um, I had just previously been in a season of real um, healing um, where I felt like God had done a lot of work um, within me. And I was honestly feeling great. And, um, and I was like really excited to like, get into the sun. And I was like, I actually said to a friend I said do you know I feel like I'm kind of done I feel like I know God so well I'm like so get that his identity I'm you know my identity is found in him you know really kind of like yeah do you know what let's go for this let's just go let's go to America everything's going to be sweet and honestly moving to America was one of the most challenging times of my life um, it was actually really hard and he did a lot of work in my heart He was using this time um, to reveal what was actually going on on a deeper level. Um, How much I cared about about serving others and um, and other people's opinions of me. He was teaching me in that time to serve him only. I kept hearing him say in that season, serve me only, Amy. Serve me only, Amy. And he was using this time to make me more like Jesus. Jesus. Um, And even though it was really brutal, he was using that time to make me more like Jesus. So he makes us more like Jesus. Number three, he guides us by coming alongside. In fact, the Greek word for the Holy Spirit in John's gospel is the one that comes alongside. So number three, he guides us by coming alongside. He doesn't coerce. This is a partnership, a relationship. He ultimately wants us to himself to allow him into all aspects of our lives, not to condemn us, but to bring us life. Um, It was my birthday this week. I was 36 on Wednesday. Um, And it had been a really um, hectic few days of friends and family and and great stuff. Um, But I was laying laying in bed the morning after my birthday. um, And I was thinking, I just had this moment where I was thinking, I haven't spent much time with God. Um, and, uh, and I, you know, I was sort of thinking, um, you know, I, I haven't really spent much time with God the last few days. And in that moment, I felt this um, warmth um, come around me. I felt the presence of God suddenly with me um, as I was laying there. It was very, very gentle. Um, and in that moment, I, my heart was sort of, um, it was sort of sad um, that I really didn't sort of acknowledge him on my birthday. It sounds really funny, but I didn't, I didn't sort of share it with him um, in a sort of really tangible way and I had this um, overwhelming feeling in this moment um, that actually he was the one person <laughs> that I wanted to spend with on my birthday and it was in it was a moment of um, friendship of intimacy that he wanted to be part um, of my birthday not in a condemning way he wasn't mad that I didn't have a that I didn't have a quiet time that day um, but this longing to be with it in me, this longing to be with it in me. He is relational. This is his nature, that he is relational in his nature. It gives him glory and honor to be part of it. It is part of our worship as we invite him in to whatever the situation, to our pain, to our sin, to our despair, to our excitement, to our joy, um, of our confusion, of our addictions, of our brokenness. We just invite him in. He wants to be part of it. It's worship to him that he's part of it. Pull myself together. 
In Proverbs 16, it says, commit to the Lord whatever you do and your plans will succeed because success is his will. Success is being with him. That is the success. He isn't just a force, but a partner. He knows us so much better than we know ourselves. He made us. He created us. He knows how we were ultimately wired. He has ways for us beyond our imaginations if we just let him in. If we trust that he is reliable, that he is a reliable source. He wants to bring order out of our chaos. Chaos that we so often create around ourselves. He wants to make our paths straight. No situation is too great for him to be invited into. He will make good out of it. In Romans 8, 28, I'm sure we all know, in all things, God is working for the good of those who love him. Nothing is too great for him to be invited into. No situation that you are in right now is too great for him. Let him in. Number four, God guides us by speaking to us. God's purposes for us are bigger than our mistakes. I have made so many mistakes in my life, but God has never stopped guiding me. His guidance for our lives are so much bigger than we can see, and he even uses our mistakes to guide us. Thank you, Lord. He is creating a masterpiece, not a tightrope, a masterpiece. But one of the ways he primarily guides us is he speaks to us. If we're willing to listen, he will speak to us. And there are five ways I'm going to suggest right now of the ways in which I think he speaks to us. Firstly, he speaks through the Bible. We can learn a lot about God's general will by reading the Bible. God has spoken on a range of issues um, that we don't really need to ask much about. Um, For things, it's just quite straightforward. For example, I probably don't need to ask loads of people um, if I should shoot someone. It's all quite um, straightforward. It's there. It's written. We read in the story of Jesus in the wilderness when he was being tempted. He spoke out using scripture. In Matthew 4, it says, Jesus was led by the Spirit into the desert where he was tempted by the devil. If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread. Jesus answered, it is written, Man does not live by bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Again, if you were the son of God, throw yourself down. Jesus said, it is written. Do not put your your Lord, your God, to the test. The devil showed him, Jesus, all the kingdoms and all their splendor. All this I will give to you if you bow down and worship me. Jesus answered, away from me, you evil one, for it is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve him only. He knew God's truth by studying the Bible. Scripture is powerful. It is powerful. I have found it so helpful to use the truth, to use the truth of Scripture to combat so many lies and manipulations we are bombarded with every day. I think we underestimate the power of the Scripture that is given to us. He uses the Scripture to guide us into truth. In what we read in John 10, 5, but they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize his voice. This is used for discernment. We can discern if we know the truth that is written in the Bible. If you want to know what God thinks about you, read it. (laughs) How much he loves you, your importance to him, what he's done for you, you'll find it out there. You'll find it in there. And secondly, We also learn through the Bible how we are to live. 
uh, by reading about Jesus. At um, the Maudie Thursday um, services we had, we had a prayer meeting in the morning. And I was just praying um, during the prayer meeting. I was praying about um, loads of different things and uh, relationships and conversations that I had to have and what I should do. And I was sort of just um, getting um, carried away with asking and praying about it. And um, and I felt like God say to me, um, Jesus is your example. Jesus is your example. And that's quite straightforward. But I often um, have so many questions about um, how I should live and how I should love and what I should do. And it was this beautifully simple moment of Jesus is our example, live like him. Jesus is our example, live like him. And we learn about him and his character in this book. So when we want wisdom within relationships at work, we so often get our answer from what Jesus has already said and the stories that we read about in the Bible. He is our example. Study his ways, his character, his decisions. He is our ultimate guide. Secondly, God speaks um, to us by um, compelling spirit. In Acts 20, 22, it says, The Apostle Paul was compelled by the Spirit. I'm going to, compelled by the Spirit, I'm going to Jerusalem, not knowing what will happen to me. The Holy Spirit compels us in so many different ways, and it looks different for everyone. I have had moments where I've felt God speak very clearly. Mainly for me, some um, information pops into my head, something that I wasn't really thinking about before. I call these sort of nudges. Um, I think he uses these nudges um, in our everyday. We might suddenly desire um, to do something. I've been um, buying my groceries and I suddenly have this nudge that I should speak to someone or pay for the groceries behind me or, you know, something like that where you feel like the Lord is involved in your everyday. Perhaps perhaps a person might pop into your head um, for you to um, send a text to or pray about. Um, You might be compelled to um, talk to somebody. I was at the school the other day and I was picking up the kids from school and I was not in massively talkative mood, to be honest, and I was just, you know, waiting for uh, Gracie to come out of school. And um, I just sort of felt in this moment, I saw a lady across the um, playground and I felt like God was compelling me um, to go speak to her. And, uh, and again, it wasn't that I was feeling particularly chatty, but I felt compelled to go and speak to her. And I went to speak to her, and, uh, and she began to um, tell me about um, stuff that's happening in her life and really tragic um, stuff that's going on. And I was able to encourage her in that moment, and we had a great conversation, and we exchanged numbers. And then later that day, um, she sent a message saying to me, um, I'm so thankful that we had a conversation. It's utterly made our day. It's made my day. Um, You know, was that me or was that God compelling me? I just think that we need to listen in more and be brave and be courageous to go for it. What's the worst that could happen? I could have had a conversation and it wasn't of God. So, you know, I think we need to really step into hearing um, where God might want to nudge us. He also cares about um, the process. Uh, when I was uh, my first job, I used to work in recruitment um, in London. I was bizarrely very good at it. Um, and I used to work in, I was doing IT recruitment, which is quite hilarious. And I, um, if anyone knows about recruitment, it's quite a full-on job. It's hard hours. It's a lot of hours, especially for a first-time job. Um, and I, I was at a church at the time. 
And, uh, and I was sat um, on a Sunday, and there was an announcement for, an, for a leadership intern that was coming up, on, um, coming up uh, within the church. And it meant that we had to do a half-time work and then a half-time internship. And I was like, oh, that sounds exciting. But I knew that that wasn't possible. I knew that that wasn't something I was going to be able to do because my job was very much full-time. And again, in that moment, I felt like a, a voice or a word or, a, or something come into my mind that said, you can do both. You can do both. And again, I wasn't thinking about it. That's something that popped into my mind. Um, you can do both. Anyway, so I was like, brilliant. I think the Lord just said I could do both. Fab. So the next day, I went into work full of courage. And I spoke to my manager and said, there's an internship at church. And um, I'm really excited about doing it. I think it's something that I really want to do. And uh, it means that I'm going to have to go down to part-time hours. And my manager literally laughed in my face and said, there is no chance you're going to do part-time here. It just doesn't work. You can't be a part-time recruiter. It just doesn't work. Anyway, so I was like, oh, okay, that's really confusing. Um, and so I left um, the work and was like, okay, well, that was weird. I thought I heard that God said I could do both. Um, anyway, as the weeks went on, I felt more compelled um, to do this internship. I felt like the God was um, guiding me to do this. And so I... Um, uh, so um, I went, um, had a few conversations. I spoke to my parents and I said, We're, I'm going to do this internship. It means I'm going to have to quit my job. Um, and they were like, not overly happy about it. Um, but I just felt so compelled that I needed to handle my resignation in, in, in order to do this leadership conference. I was going to do that. So I grabbed my uh, letter and I went in one day and I got a, I got a meeting with my manager. And we sat in a room and... Um, and just before I'd even opened my mouth, my manager said, you're going to resign, aren't you? And I said, I am. I just really feel like I want to do this internship. And he said, it's all right. I've already spoken to the manager, managing director. I know that you wanted to do it. Um, and we figured out a way for you to do both. And so, you know, he was guiding me in that moment. And was the, was the guidance the lesson, the lesson I learned of trust in hearing his voice? Or was it the outcome you know, I think both. He cares about the process. The other way um, he might he he often speaks is a is a check in my spirit. Um, it's sometimes it's like a disease, um, disease, dis-ease <laughs> um, in my spirit. Um, and sometimes I found that in our job, you know, we're in lots of conversations. There are lots of ideas flowing around all the time. And sometimes there's a there's a check, there's a disease that I don't think a disease that I don't think. Um, this is actually the way. I'm not sure this is what God is wanting to do right now. Um, and so, and that can often happen um, within conversations. I think sometimes we can um, feel that when we're maybe in a cynical conversation or a gossipy conversation or a conversation that isn't bringing life. I think we need to listen to that dis-ease, that check and get out. That's the Lord guiding us to get out of a situation that is not life-giving, that isn't giving glory to him. These are all things in the everyday, and there are so many more, if I had time, um, where he guides us um, every day, in our everyday life. He wants us to live life in obedience, um, to listen in all day, every day, listening in to what he has to say and what he wants to do. I think we're so bored. I think there's so many more stories that God wants to tell through us um, if we were to just go and lean into the ways in which he wants to speak to us. He also speaks through our common sense. We have been given a brain uh, by God. 
I think sometimes we can fall into two extremes. There's the other, there's one extreme, which is allowing, uh, is not allowing God into anything. We're desperately holding it on to control. You're not, I'm not going to give you any of my decisions. It's all for me. It's all for me. And the other extreme is where we over-spiritualize every single decision. You know, what socks should I wear today, God? Or what cereal? Should I have Cocoa Pops or Weetabix? You know, um, I think God ultimately wants us to grow up. As we become more mature in our walk with God, I actually think he increasingly wants us to trust our own desires. He wants us to trust our own desires. That when we follow Jesus over time, his desires become our desires. And we can trust it. Trust that our desires are becoming like his desires. Recently, I feel like God's been asking me, what do you want? What do you want, Amy? What do you want to see? I'm so often praying like, God, you know, what are you going to do? What do you want to see? What do you want to, what do you think Trinity should be? And I feel like he's saying, no, Amy, what do you want to see happen? What do you want to see happen? And it's um, trusting that what I want to see happen is what he wants to see happen and pray out of that. I have become fairly um, pragmatic about things. He probably isn't going to ask um, you to marry someone you don't fancy or you don't find attractive. It's quite pragmatic. He probably isn't going to ask me to become a footballer. You know, I'm rubbish at football and have no desire to... You know what I mean? There's some common sense. I know there's silly silly ideas, silly examples. Um, We often um, need to ask ourselves questions. Is this relationship leading me to or away from God? Is it leading me to God or away from God? There are simple sort of pragmatic questions that we need to ask. We need to not be afraid to just use our common sense and trust that he is given us a brain. God speaks through other people, friends and mentors. We all need help. It is not weak to ask for help. We need to get vulnerable with each other and share what is going on with each other. Get people around you, um, ask for their advice, ask for wisdom, pray together, um, ask a group um, to hear the Lord for you. Um, It might be that God speaks through other people. People have spoken amazingly, prophetically over my life and our lives that have really helped guide us, make um, decisions. You need to ask people to pray. If you've got a big decision going on, ask people to pray um, and ask them to hear the Lord for you. Johnny and I have often sent group emails out to people that we really trust, mentors, and spiritual directors, people that we've walked with, and ask them to come alongside us to help make um, these decisions. I think generally, if the majority of people are saying that something is a bad idea, if all of your wise counsel are saying something is probably not a great idea, I would listen to it. God uses the people of God to um, guide us, to tell us what he's wanting to say. But pick your people well. Pick your people well. God also speaks through our circumstances in Proverbs 16. In his heart, a man plans his course, but the Lord determines his steps. I am a firm believer in doors being opened and doors being closed. This is the primary way Johnny and I um, have felt led by God in the big decisions of life. I think when we pray for God to close a door, we trust that he will close it if it isn't right. I don't think we need to keep on praying. It's like, Lord, close the door. If this is not the right thing for you, I hold it open, close it if it's not. And we trust that he's heard that prayer. There is nothing um, wrong with being proactive and pushing doors. 
Let's push doors. Let's be proactive, but all in the context of partnership with God, allowing him in, allowing it to be open to be changed if that isn't um, the right thing. I think sometimes we can hold so tightly to something and we can hold so tightly onto a relationship and to an idea, onto a job where, they, where we're just not allowing God um, in to have room to maneuver um, what he might want to do, where he might want to guide us. Johnny and I lived um, in America, as I said, and uh, we had been there three and a half years and we just felt a very gentle um, nudge uh, to move back to England. We just, it, became, it became in our desire that we wanted to come back to England to see what it was like um, to live um, back in England. And as we came back, um, honestly, we desperately wanted to get back probably to the sunshine, um, but we had come and we lived in London for a little bit and we were, um, yeah, we're just like, do you know what, actually, you know, California is the place for us. <laughs> we want to go back to California. Um, yeah, let's pursue that. So we began sort of having conversations and a door opened for us to go back to America to plant a church in Newport Beach. And here we are in Nottingham. <laughs> um, yeah, praise the Lord, yes. Um, but to plant a church in... Um, in Newport Beach, and we uh, began to get really excited about it. Just you know, we, the conversations kept on happening, and uh, we told our friends and family that we were going to leave, you know, permanently to move back to Southern California. We were getting all, you know, really up for going, and it felt like this was the door that was opening. And then, as the weeks went on, um, it just the door just completely slammed shut. It's a long story, but the door just completely slammed. And that door was shut. That there was, there was literally no way that we could go back to California. And it was a really difficult time. It was really difficult to understand um, because we so desired to go back. But then other doors um, began to open. HTB, um, ordination training, um, being here. And the funny thing is, is what I didn't know is when we were pursuing going to California, that I was actually pregnant with twins. And there was no chance that we could have been away from my family and Johnny's family and our friends with twins and four people under four. <laughs> you know, so in that moment, he knew. He knew. I didn't know that, but he knew that. And we trust that if we ask him to open doors and close them, he will. Because he knows and he sees a much bigger picture than we see. As I, look back, as I look back, I can see God's guidance all over my life. Closed doors and open doors. So in conclusion, he wants to guide us. He wants to guide us. He wants to guide us to become more like Jesus. He guides us by coming alongside, not coercing, coming alongside. And he guides us by speaking to us. It's not easy, we don't get it right all the time, and we sometimes make really bad choices. But there is a big picture that even in our mess, in the world's mess, in our weakness, in our brokenness, he is desiring to make good out of all of it. We just need to ask him in and be open to see what happens. Shall we stand? I'm going to pray.